Today is the 15th day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is great to be here with you today on the Mediterranean coast. We are kind of, uh, we began our journey on the Mediterranean coast south of here in Ashdod. We are well up into the north near Caesarea. We had a great day yesterday, kind of migrating out of the Galilee, which is always a little bit sad to leave behind. We made our way to the coast, and we could talk about all that in a little bit. But we're here at the beginning, and we have gathered around the global campfire today to take the next step forward together on our journey through the scriptures. And what a joy it is to be able to immerse ourselves in the actual land of the Bible and go through this together and see some of these places where the Bible happened. Like I said, we can talk about that a little bit more in a little bit. In the Old Testament today, we will be moving back to right where we left off, which is in the book of Exodus, where all of the things around the priesthood that need to be made to lead the people into worship are being made and we're continuing to see that today with the priestly, with the garments that the priests will wear. When we get to the New Testament today, we enter the second gospel, the gospel of Mark, and we will talk about that when we get there. But first, Exodus chapters 39 and 40. Beautiful priestly clothes were made of blue, purple, and red wool for Aaron to wear when he performed his duties in the holy place. This was done exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. The entire priestly vest was made of fine linen woven with blue, purple, and red wool. Thin sheets of gold were hammered out and cut into threads that were skillfully woven into the vest. It had two shoulder straps to support it and a sash that fastened around the waist. Onyx stones were placed in gold settings and each one was engraved with the name of one of Israel's sons. Then these were attached to the shoulder straps of the vest so the Lord would never forget his people. Everything was done exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. The breastpiece was made with the same materials and designs as the priestly vest. It was 22 centimeters square and folded double with four rows of three precious stones. A carnelian, a chrysolite, and an emerald were in the first row. A turquoise, a sapphire, and a diamond were in the second row. A jacinth, an agate, and an amethyst were in the third row and a barrel, an onyx, and a jasper were in the fourth row. They were mounted in a delicate gold setting, and on each of them was engraved the names of one of the twelve tribes of Israel. Two gold rings were attached to the upper front corners of the breastpiece and fastened with two braided gold chains to gold settings on the shoulder straps. Two other gold rings were attached to the lower inside corners next to the vest, and two more near the bottom of the shoulder straps right above the sash. 
To keep the breast piece in place, a blue cord was used to tie the two lower rings on the breast piece to those on the vest. These things were done exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. The priestly robe was made of blue wool with an opening in the center for the head. The material around the collar was bound so as to keep it from wearing out. Along the hem of the robe were woven pomegranates of blue, purple, and red wool with a bell of pure gold between each of them. This robe was to be worn by Aaron when he performed his duties. Everything that Aaron and his sons wore was made of fine linen woven with blue, purple, and red wool, including their robes and turbans, their fancy caps and underwear, and even their sashes that were embroidered with needlework. The words, Dedicated to the Lord, were engraved on a narrow strip of pure gold, which was fastened to Aaron's turban. These things were done exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. So the people of Israel finished making everything the Lord had told Moses to make. Then they brought it all to Moses, the sacred tent and its equipment, including the hooks, the framework, and crossbars and its posts and stands, the covering of tanned ramskins and fine leather, the inside curtain, the sacred chest with its carrying poles and the place of mercy, the table with all that goes on it, including the sacred bread, the lampstand of pure gold, together with its equipment and oil, the gold-covered incense altar, the ordination oil and the sweet-smelling incense, the curtain for the entrance to the tent, the bronze altar for sacrifices with its bronze grating, its carrying poles and its equipment, the large bronze bowl with its stand, the curtain with its posts and cords and its pegs and stands that go around the courtyard, everything needed for the sacred tent, and the finely woven priestly clothes for Aaron and his sons. When Moses saw that the people had done everything exactly as the Lord had commanded, he gave them his blessing. The Lord said to Moses, Set up my tent on the first day of the year and put the chest with the Ten Commandments behind the inside curtain. Bring in the table and set on it those things that are made for it. Also bring in the lampstand and attach the lamps to it. Then place the gold altar of incense in front of the sacred chest and hang a curtain at the entrance to the tent. Set the altar for burning sacrifices in front of the entrance to my tent. Put the large bronze bowl between the tent and the altar and fill the bowl with water. Surround the tent and the altar with the wall of curtains and hang the curtain that was made for the entrance. Use the sacred olive oil to dedicate to me the tent and everything in it. Do the same thing with the altar for offering sacrifices and its equipment, and with the bowl and its stand. Bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent and tell them to wash themselves. Dress Aaron in the priestly clothes, then use the sacred olive oil to ordain him and dedicate him to me as my priest. 
put the priestly robes on Aaron's sons and ordained them in the same way. So they and their descendants will always be my priests. Moses followed the Lord's instructions. And on the first day of the first month of the second year, the sacred tent was set up. The posts, stands, and framework were put in place. Then the two layers of coverings were hung over them. The stones with the Ten Commandments written on them were stored in the sacred chest. The place of mercy was put on top of it, and the carrying poles were attached. The chest was brought into the tent and set behind the curtain in the most holy place. These things were done exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. The table for the sacred bread was put along the north wall of the holy place, after which the bread was set on the table. The lampstand was put along the south wall, then the lamps were attached to it there in the presence of the Lord. The gold incense altar was set up in front of the curtain, and sweet-smelling incense was burned on it. These things were done exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. The curtain was hung at the entrance to the sacred tent. Then the altar for offering sacrifices was put in front of the tent, and animal sacrifices and gifts of grain were offered there. The large bronze bowl was placed between the altar and the entrance to the tent. It was filled with water. Then Moses and Aaron, together with Aaron's sons, washed their hands and feet. In fact, they washed each time before entering the tent or offering sacrifices at the altar. These things were done exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. Finally, Moses had the curtains hung around the courtyard and at the entrance. Suddenly, the sacred tent was covered by a thick cloud and filled with the glory of the Lord. And so, Moses could not enter the tent. Whenever the cloud moved from the tent, the people would break camp and follow. Then they would set up camp and stay there until it moved again. No matter where the people traveled, the Lord was with them. Each day his cloud was over the tent, and each night a fire could be seen in the cloud. Okay, so that concludes the book of Exodus, so we'll be moving forward tomorrow, but now we are entering into the second of the Gospels. The Gospel of Mark. And so let's get our bearings. Mark was not a disciple, one of the twelve. He was an apostle. He, he was really a long-term follower and disciple of the apostle Peter. And Mark first shows up in the Bible in the book of Acts. He's known as John Mark. And he lived in Jerusalem. And it seems that he came from a, a reasonably wealthy family. According to the book of Acts, his mother's name was Mary. And she had a big house and a servant named Rhoda. And Mary was an early believer and she had opened her home to early believers for worship. 
there are some church traditions. This isn't in the Bible, but there are some church traditions that that place her home as the spot where the upper room was, where the Holy Spirit was poured out on the believers after Jesus' ascension. So we get the picture that Mark was around the faith from the beginning, even, even as a boy. In the book of Acts, we have this story of the apostle Peter who had been captured by Herod. And we'll, we'll certainly read this story when we get to it later. And Herod has the intention of executing Peter. He'd put some other Christians to death, seemed to make the people happy. He was planning to execute Peter. But an angel came and, and helped Peter escape from jail. And then it was to Mary's house, to John Mark's house, that Peter went. And as the story goes, there were a number of believers there in the house, John Mark's house. And uh, they're praying for Peter. And then Peter shows up, knocking on the door. And so Rhoda, the servant girl, comes to answer the door. She sees Peter. She she can't believe her eyes. She slams the door on Peter and she runs back in to tell everybody Peter's outside. And so this is this wonderful story. But this gives us a little bit of texture, a little glimpse about who Mark is. And so uh, even from a boy, John Mark's been around the gospel. He has a cousin. His name is Barnabas. And Barnabas is a dear friend of the apostle Paul. And so we'll watch uh, Mark go with Paul and Barnabas on Paul's first missionary journey. Mark leaves that journey and that causes a little bit of a rift between Paul and Barnabas. And it's thought that ultimately Mark becomes like a disciple to the apostle Peter. And so he travels with Peter serving as his assistant, his disciple, as his interpreter everywhere that Peter goes sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And so so John Mark has heard what Peter teaches repeatedly over and over, city to city, and he eventually writes it down. And so then what we have in the Gospel of Mark is at least in part what Peter was traveling around teaching, the Gospel that he was teaching. And most scholars agree Mark was himself the writer of this Gospel. There's speculation as there's prone to be like no sets very few sets of scholars agree on everything and so uh, there's speculation about the time that the gospel of Mark was written but most scholars land that this is the earliest of the gospels ever written and that it is the first of the synoptic gospels those being Matthew Mark and Luke and they're called the Synoptic Gospels because they share so much of the same material and so many of the same stories that most scholars believe that, for example, that Matthew and Luke used Mark as a bit of a template, even though Mark and Luke tell the stories and uh, add things into the stories, nuances into the stories, details into the stories that we don't have in the Gospel of Mark. And so that's what makes them the Synoptic Gospels. And so as we read Mark, we believe we are reading the first gospel written about Jesus. And so with that in mind, we begin the gospel of Mark, chapter one, verse one through verse 
28 today. This is the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It began just as God had said in the book written by Isaiah the prophet. I am sending my messenger to get the way ready for you. In the desert, someone is shouting, Get the road ready for the Lord. Make a straight path for him. So John the Baptist showed up in the desert and told everyone, Turn back to God and be baptized then your sins will be forgiven. From all Judea and Jerusalem, crowds of people went to John. They told how sorry they were for their sins, and he baptized them in the Jordan River. John wore clothes made of camel's hair. He had a leather strap around his waist and ate grasshoppers and wild honey. John also told the people, someone more powerful is going to come. And I am not good enough even to stoop down and untie his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. About that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As soon as Jesus came out of the water, he saw the sky open and the Holy Spirit coming down to him like a dove. A voice from heaven said, You are my own dear son, and I am pleased with you. At once, God's Spirit made Jesus go into the desert. He stayed there for 40 days while Satan tested him. Jesus was with the wild animals, but angels took care of him. After John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee and told the good news that comes from God. He said, The time has come. God's kingdom will soon be here. Turn back to God and believe the good news. As Jesus was walking along the shore of Lake Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew. They were fishermen and were casting their nets into the lake. Jesus said to them, Follow me. I will teach you how to bring in people instead of fish. Right then the two brothers dropped their nets and went with him. Jesus walked on and soon saw James and John, the sons of Zebedee. They were in a boat mending their nets. At once Jesus asked them to come with him. They left their father in the boat with the hired workers and went with him. Jesus and his disciples went to the town of Capernaum. Then on the next Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and started teaching. Everyone was amazed at his teaching. He taught with authority and not like the teachers of the law of Moses. Suddenly, a man with an evil spirit in him entered the synagogue and yelled, Jesus from Nazareth, what do you want with us? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are God's Holy One. Jesus told the evil spirit, Be quiet and come out of the man. The spirit shook him. Then it gave a loud shout and left. 
Everyone was completely surprised and kept saying to each other, What is this? It must be some new kind of powerful teaching. Even the evil spirits obey him. News about Jesus quickly spread all over Galilee. Psalm 35, 1 through 16. A psalm by David. A prayer for protection from enemies. Fight my enemies, Lord. Attack my attackers. Shield me and help me. Aim your spear at everyone who hunts me down. A promise to save me. Let all who want to kill me be disgraced and put to shame. Chase away and confuse all who plan to harm me. Send your angel after them and let them be like straw in the wind. Make them run in the dark on a slippery road as your angel chases them. I did them no harm, but they hid a net to trap me, and they dug a deep pit to catch and kill me. Surprise them with disaster. Trap them in their own nets and let them fall and rot in the pits they have dug. I will celebrate and be joyful because you, Lord, have saved me. Every bone in my body will shout, No one is like the Lord. You protect the helpless from those in power. You save the poor and needy from those who hurt them. Liars accuse me of crimes I know nothing about. They repay evil for good, and I feel all alone. When they were sick, I wore sackcloth and went without food. I truly prayed for them as I would for a friend or a relative. I was in sorrow and mourned as I would for my mother. I have stumbled, and worthless liars I don't even know surround me and sneer. Worthless people make fun and never stop laughing. Proverbs 9, 11 and 12 I am wisdom. If you follow me, you will live a long time. Good sense is good for you. But if you brag, you hurt yourself. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for every day that you allow us to immerse ourselves in it and allow it to speak and inform our lives. And we thank you for these, these times of transition as we've concluded the book of Exodus today and we prepare to move forward tomorrow into the book of Leviticus and even as we have begun the Gospel of Mark today. We thank you for bringing us this far into the scriptures, and we thank you for all that you have spoken so far in this year. And we look forward with great anticipation 
for all that you have yet to teach us in this year. All that will be touched and transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit and the counsel of the scriptures in our lives. And so as we so often do, we pray, Holy Spirit, come into all that we've read today, plant it in our lives, lead us into all truth, we pray in the precious, mighty name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Okay, so as I was mentioning yesterday, uh, we had to leave the Galilee, and we have, and we worked our way back to the Mediterranean coast, which is where we begin a very early morning as we head inland and southward through the interior, making our way toward Jerusalem, where we should end tonight. But yesterday, leaving the Galilee, we went south to the Decapolis city of Bethshan, which are pretty impressive ruins, and it's really just a fraction of what's under the ground maybe 5 or 10% of what's under the ground. It was, a, it was a city of the Decapolis. It was a very large, very powerful, very influential city. And even looking at the ruins that exist, you can tell that. And it has been a, a settled civilization for millennia through many different seasons and different peoples. So we did some time exploring around there, and it really is an impressive um, sight to see. So we spent a generous portion of time, beautiful morning, another beautiful day to travel. And then after Bet Xian, we began moving through the Jezreel Valley and uh, just kind of uh, driving through a valley that we gazed upon from Nazareth when we uh, were at Mount Precipice and really look into the Jezreel Valley. And that is an impressive thing to see, incredibly biblical site. Today, we're driving through that valley and uh, pointing out and looking at some of the things that we had gazed upon from Mount Precipice a little bit more up close, uh, making our way westward toward the coast. And so we drove by things like the ruins of of the ancient city of Jezreel, uh, by the ruins of Megiddo, on our way up Mount Carmel. And we got to the top of Mount Carmel and uh, explored the story of Elijah and a showdown with the prophets of Baal, who were uh, serving their queen Jezebel, and about Elijah. Uh, calling the people back to God and God answering with fire from heaven and Elijah or, or running away. Once Jezebel found out that her prophets were dead, she was intent on killing Elijah. And so we just explored that story there. And then there's also a, a fantastic view from the top of Mount Carmel, looking down into the Jezreel Valley, also known as the Valley of Armageddon. And so... 
you look down on that and you think about the prophecies about the Valley of Armageddon and it's, you know, reconciling those things is really interesting because it's a beautiful valley. It's a fertile valley. It's a huge valley. And so the showdown that is foretold there, it's, you just, you look at it and you go, wow, wow, (laughs) wow, this is, this is pretty incredible. And so just processing that, taking it in, uh, is, is, is great and challenging and good. And so we spent some time there and, uh, then started our way back down Mount Carmel, uh, moving through a, a village populated by the Druze people. And we stopped and had lunch with them, a beautiful lunch and filled our bellies and, and then moved on down Mount Carmel all the way to the coast and then south along the coast to the ancient ruins of Caesarea Maritima, which was uh, essentially the Roman capital of the region where the governance of the region uh, took place. This is a city that was conceived of and, and, and constructed by Herod the Great. And it was meant to be a jewel and a, a real a, a, an attraction, like a, a real legitimate Roman Empire city in the region at the other end of the Mediterranean Sea. And those ruins are equally as impressive as any other. And, and they are also just a fraction of what it was, but... Enough to get a glimpse, enough to get an understanding that this was a powerful, influential, affluent, uh, well-established city with all of the modern technologies of that era, that day. And so we uh, spent another generous portion of time there, just um, really just immersing ourselves in the site. It's right on the Mediterranean coast. And it was a really beautiful day, another really beautiful day for us. When we began our journey, I don't know how many days ago that is, it seems like a long time back, we began on the Mediterranean coast in Ashdod and the remnants of a a, a pretty aggressive storm that even had a name. Storm was called Deborah. It was moving through and so very windy, very choppy, angry sea. Today, not so much. Very calm, serene, beautiful there on the Mediterranean coast. And so uh, we finished our day. It was uh, quite a good amount of traveling today. And so we uh, got back on the buses and about another half an hour drive south along the coast to where we had landed for the night. And we got in and got settled and Everybody's feeling fatigued, and that's just the nature the nature of it. Well, we got some rest, had to get up early, and, and like I said, head inland. And I look forward to telling you about that after it happens. And so once again, thank you for your continued prayers. We are um, moving toward the final phase of our journey as we base ourselves in Jerusalem and spoke out from there a little bit. 
And uh, so that's a, a completely new complexion in front of us as we approach Jerusalem. And uh, just the, uh, the tensions that are there and the history that is there and the remarkable things that we get to see there all whipped up into uh, a blend. And so thank you for your continued prayers as we move into that phase. We love you. And uh, yeah, even as a community, we're talking about you every day, thinking about everybody. And so thank you for your prayers. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, thank you. Thank you humbly. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app, or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Hi there, Daily Audio Bible family. It's his precious scene one from the UK. It's been a while since I've called. Um, my apologies. Um, just wanted to come on here and pray for everyone who is out on the trip in Israel. I pray that um, God will give you a fresh revelation of his glory. I pray that you will experience him in a new way. I pray that you will be blessed in your going out and your coming in and your moving about. I pray that he will cover you with his wings of protection and that in everything that you will just experience God in a truly new way. Um, amen. I am a little bit jealous. Um, I'm not sure how it works for us in the UK making it over, but anyway, that's besides the point. Have a wonderful time out there. I pray for everyone else who's put in a prayer request. I pray that God will meet you all at the point of your needs and that he will just continue to cover you with his precious arms of love. Um, I pray that, you know, you will enjoy his sweetness um, in Jesus' name. Amen. And also, just a final thing from me, um, if you could please pray for me um, concerning my marriage, just, you know, I'd really appreciate it. Um, yes, thank you so much. God bless you. Hope to speak to you all again very soon. Have a lovely day. Have a lovely rest of your day and um, whatever you're doing. And as a reminder, I may not see you, but I hear you and I love you. God bless you. Take Hello, my name is Tracy. I've been married 31 years. My husband's walked out on me two weeks ago. Um, we have a decent marriage. We've had our share of ups and downs, but mostly ups. And um, we just got off vacation. He was acting strange on vacation, but when we got back, he told me that my his journey with me ends here. I have been trying to keep my head up and be okay, have people praying for me, but I've been. I've heard that you know, God has something better for me. Things like that. I just don't know that that's the kind of God we serve that would be okay with a 31-year marriage ending. We are both Christians. 
um, as far I mean, that's what was portrayed to me for 31 years from him. So I pray that you all will please pray that whatever's going on with him, that he will come to his senses and talk to me and maybe we can get back to being married. I don't know. I, I should be angry and I am at times and I, I, I tell myself, fine, I don't want anything else to do with him. If he could live without me, surely I could live without him. But I just, I'm not able to do this. I don't know what to do. So if you all would just please pray. Um, maybe God will hear your prayer <laughs> because it doesn't seem to be hearing mine. So thank you very much. I love the Daily Audio Bible. I know you've been able to help a lot of people. I have a Blessed day. Thank you. Bye. Greetings, my dearly beloved DAB community. This is Phil Mike Upload from California. I hope that February is treating you as well as it can be. And if not, I pray that it gets better. I'm calling to pray for a few people. Um, Father, thank you so much for giving us life. Uh, Father, uh, some of us may be in the hospital, at home, uh, traveling. Uh, everywhere. But Lord, Father, we thank you that you've given us life. And uh, Father, that you, in that, in giving us life, you're giving us a purpose for each day. Lord, I pray for Webster. I pray that you guide him as he needs encouragement and he's feeling, he's just feeling things right now. But I pray, Father, for your comfort and your guidance. And uh, please surround him with a community and friendships that, um, that help him, Father, and that where he feels that he is also a contributor to, um, to encouraging their faith. I pray for Erica in San Francisco, whose mom just passed away and she was the rock of their family. I pray, Father, that um, you comfort them during this time, Lord. And I pray that through this grieving time, dear Lord, that they, they see you at work more and more. And also that um, you raise up somebody within the family to be that the next uh, like builder of bones in them, dear God. I pray for, I thank you so much for hearing Duncan Holmes. I hadn't heard his voice in so long and I'm so grateful that he called in. I pray that you help him to um, to just con like bless his concerts as they come and also um, the, the weather that it gets better and all his travel traveling. Father, please be with everyone in Israel and guide them and protect them in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hello, DAB family. This is Skylar from Virginia. Long time listener, first time caller. I'm asking for prayers. Financial, I'm having a lot of problems with meeting the bills and my job is really getting me down. Also, the enemy has been keeping me out of church, but I'm getting back to it now and I feel like my walk is starting to get better with the Lord. But I need prayers. I need spiritual warriors. I need prayers for financial help to meet the bills. And my wife is planning to go in for her third spinal surgery in six weeks, and I don't know how I'm gonna be able to prepare for it right now. Family, I truly need your prayers, please. Heavenly Father, hear me. I love you all and thank you for your support. 
And may God bless and keep all of you. And I'll keep you all in my prayers. Have a blessed day. In Jesus' name I ask these things. Amen. Hi, this is a prayer of encouragement for Webster. This is Sherry, by his grace, Sherry in New England. And I want to say, Webster, I believe in you and I believe that you can conquer sin and addiction and even the mental struggles that you have with those two. You know they're there. And the Bible tells us that these things are the things that keep us from being close to the Lord, from building a relationship with the Lord. Let me say that you are so, so blessed to have family members and church members praying for you and lifting you up and trying to help you in your healing. But you, Webster, need to do the work and talk to the Lord and observe the addictions or the sins, one little tiny one at a time. And I feel like with you knowing that, you know that you know you will grow closer to the Lord. So give it your best effort, one little step at a time. We will be listening, Webster. We will be waiting for that call to come in where you are giving praise to the Lord for his work that you're doing and the work that he's putting you on the road to healing. I know it will happen, Webster. You want it and you know the steps you need to take. And I am praying for you and all the other DAB members I'm sure are praying for you as well. In Jesus' name, amen.